one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money in over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love being trappers in a positive way. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Perigo Gorman. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the judge, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Back in the fur shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. Great to have you here. As always, we are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z. BROS.com, traps, snares, baits, lures, books, DVDs, whatever you need for the trap line, Cots Bros has it. On X Maps, use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. With this app, you can mark your waypoints, trap locations, run tracks, scout using the latest aerial imagery, get landowner information, and do a pile of other things. Go to onxmaps.com and use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, to get 20% off your first purchase. And Moyle Mink and Tannery. What are you going to do with your fur this year, last year, next year? Get it tanned by the professionals if you want to preserve your fur for the long term. Whether you're into projects with uh, making craft items, making hats, mittens. uh, Just have a wall hanger. Something to preserve those memories. Moyle Mink and Tannery is a family operation that's been in the business for decades. And they do an awesome job at very affordable prices. Excellent, excellent service. Go to moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E.net. And if you want to contact them, it's info, I-N-F-O, at moyle.net. Let them know you heard about them from the podcast. Or just, uh, you know, if you have any questions uh, for them about placing your order, how to use the online customer portal, whatever, uh, they're, they're there to help you out. Okay, so tonight's episode, we are going to talk bear trapping. Uh, that is, a, I know, a pretty unique subject for a lot of people. Uh, many are not familiar with it, but in Maine, we can still trap bear. The, the rules are very uh, strict, um, very, very specific. They're, you can only do it a, a certain way, and you can't really vary much from uh, the, the specific practices that are outlined in the bear trapping regulations. But it, it is still an opportunity. It's a pretty cool, unique thing. It's a, a great way to harvest a bear. And actually, we can harvest bears. We can harvest one bear trapping and, and one bear hunting. So uh, we can we can harvest two bears that way. And we have a really high bear population. Actually needs to have more harvest, really, to, be, to uh, maintain population and balance with its habitat. But anyway... Um, that's a that it's a long subject, and Cole Porter has 
a lot more experience with bear trapping than I do. He's still relatively new at it, but he, he does it. He try, you know, he's set out baits and he's researched a bunch and talked to a bunch of people and set out traps and, and gone through that process. So, and he's got a lot of friends that have trapped bears as well. So uh, anyway, it's something that I would like to do. I've tried it once way back in the day and uh, I, I was, I was not successful, but, um, I've never really tried, I've never really put a lot of effort into it simply because the time of year when, when that season is going on is, is such a busy time for me that I really haven't been able to devote the time to, to do it. I honestly, I just haven't made it a priority. So one of these years I'd like to do it though. And, uh, I, I think it'd be, it'd be really, really neat. So anyway, we're going to get into that. I did tell you that I was going to, uh, let you in on a find. That's right. I, I can't remember exactly how I specified it in the last week's episode, but I, I had a pretty incredible find that I wanted to let you guys in on. And, uh, it, it's, uh, sitting be behind me here in the fur shed. So I have a, uh, a guy that I do business with. I found him, uh, he had an ad. He had traps for sale years ago on uh, one of the, the local swap and sell uh, guides. And I contacted him, went over, bought a pile of traps from him. And we kept in touch. And I've bought traps from him for years uh, since then. So we had a pretty good relationship. This guy is kind of a, a jack of all trades. He does a bunch of different things. And he ends up doing a lot of odd jobs for people and especially, you know, like a lot of older people in the communities and he cleans out old barns. Uh, if the bank possesses a place, he cleans out houses. Um, he does, you know, all just all kinds of different work for people and he buys and sells stuff and you know while he's while he's at it he talks to a lot of people so he makes a lot of contacts and anyway he he comes across a lot more traps than I would in my normal course of of uh doing business so it's it's a great little we got a good little system going where he knows what uh what I can pay to to be able to resell the traps or keep them uh, and make a little money and he knows what he can pay and sell them to me at and so uh, we both make a little money, and we've been doing it for years now, and it seems to work really good. So every couple of months, every few months, I'll get a call from him. Hey, I got a bunch of traps. Uh, here's what I got. Come take a look. And it's yeah, it's probably about 45-minute drive, but it's always worth it. He's always got enough, uh, and the prices are right to where I can, I can always make it work and make it worth the trip. So uh, this time he called up and said, hey, you're not going to believe this. He said, uh, I, he said, I've got something you're really going to like. I said, well, give me the details. Come on. <laughs> he said, just come over. Just come over. You'll trust me. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, he was cleaning out a barn. And it, there just happened to be, uh, it's just a, it was a weird thing where the, the barn had, so you have the exterior walls of the barn and then someone had had put in like uh, finished walls on the inside of the barn but on one side there was there was a wall that was put up but it was not adjacent to the outside wall 
And so there was a space there in between the two walls and there was a room. But it was it was all um, it was all blocked off and, and finished over and and sealed up. There's no door to get into it. And so he was he was cleaning things up and and talking to the the owner, the guy who now owns it who bought the place I guess and uh, he he just he he kind of found this and he looked in and thought, man wow saw a few things but didn't really didn't really look into it in much detail well upon further investigation inside that walled off room there were a bunch of traps and these were brand new in the box traps and so he ended up uh buying them and from from uh from the person over there and and i ended up buying them from him so i have i think let's see i've got one two i think i have four or five dozen foothold traps that are victor and blake and lamb that are brand new uh the boxes are in kind of rough shape but they're brand new in the original boxes um and uh, and of course you know not died not nothing just just completely unused um, and I've got the, some of them a dozen of them are the Victor one one and three quarter professionals got the number two Blake and Lamb double long springs got some let's see those are number th- I get some number three Blake and Lamb double long springs and uh, a couple other boxes that I I can't recall exactly what they were. I've got uh, some fur stretchers, some small size like muskrat stretchers that are in the box. I've never, I don't know these brands, but this is, this is stuff that's probably from the early 80s, I believe, maybe late 70s, early 80s, so probably 40 to 50 years old. Uh, Holen Sick or Holen Kick, H-O-L-E-N-C-I-K, wire fur forms. Those are the the muskrat stretchers by Holen, made by Holen Kick and Company, Northampton, Pennsylvania. Um, got those. Also have these uh, sh- big stretchers, like coyote size stretchers, made by Peerless Chain Company in Winona, Minnesota. It's kind of cool. These things that were actually made in the USA uh, back in the day, before everything got outsourced to China and Korea. Um, but probably um, get some more brand new stretchers. Probably the coolest thing, in my opinion, is the snares. And I have uh, a couple, three dozen maybe of these sna- of snares, three, four dozen, perhaps. Um, and they are new house. So, uh, and I've got the box here. The box. On one of them says one dozen number three zero eight six zero Newhouse snares. I didn't even know Newhouse made snares, and so or or you know I don't know. I have no idea who made them or uh, Vic. I guess Victor made them, but I don't know where the the Newhouse name comes from or what. So um, anyway, they've got a a really unique lock on them. Uh, actually, it looks uh, yeah, it looks it looks kind of like it's got the sort of a, a Victor V on the locks um, and and uh, brand new in the box uh, just something really unique I mean maybe some somebody out there listening has some of these snares and is familiar with them but 
I, I've bought and sold a lot of traps and I, I haven't come across these yet. So, it, you know, in the shape where you'd be able to, to, you know, really take a look at them and, and, uh, get, get a good idea what they, what they are. So, yeah, uh, kind of cool find. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet. I, I'm just kind of, for now, I think I'm just hanging on to them and I don't know if, if, uh, if I'm, come across some trap collector or something that might be interested maybe i'd sell some or maybe i'm just gonna hang on to them for a while and and uh who knows <laughs> anyway but i thought you know maybe some people find that kind of interesting because i i mean all the years i've been buying traps i've never never experienced something like that just like a a find of of new old stock traps that were hidden away in a barn for decades so anyway, that's that. And now let's move on to the episode. I uh, hope you enjoy Cole Porter and I talking bear trapping. Yeah, another thing to talk about would be bear trapping. I don't know yeah. if we got time on this one. Absolutely. We, um, got, we all kind of nice. We put can, this up. We, we, chop yeah, it. we can either talk about it now or, you know, in the future, do another one. Maybe even do another one this fall when uh, more people are out there doing it. Um but I think that's there's probably a couple couple uh, episodes you could do on bear trapping here in Maine. Um, it doesn't probably a lot of the listeners in different places um, aren't able to do that. No, uh, pretty much none of them, right? <laughs> yeah, none so, of them. Tell- and I think you know <laughs> to start here in Maine, um, we can trap a bear, and uh, that's. Uh, something anyone that traps in other states that's really into trapping should think about is you know coming to maine maybe hiring a guide and uh doing a week of bear trapping and maybe even a week of you know bear trapping and combo with hunting over bait um because now we're able to take two bear a year one by each method so yeah yeah so what have you learned about bear trapping (laughs) well i haven't trapped a bear so um you have sure as hell tried though I've tried. Um, I've had, you know, I've had some misses. Um, and I think now I have it. So I think if I have the right bait site with bears coming, I should have a lot better chance of it, um, of catching one. Um, last year wasn't think, really fair though. Cause you shot a bear like the first night, right? Yeah. I didn't trap. I didn't trap at all last <laughs> year for bear. I didn't even buy, I didn't even buy a trapping license for bear. I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I shot a bear the first night, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could use two bears, though. I'd be happy to have two bear, um, instead of just one, um, but, yeah, I didn't do it last year. I should have. Um, I think this year I'd really like to. Um, as of right now, I only have one bait site lined up. I'd really like to have a second, um, be nice to have a second or even a third bait site, because we have silent cubs show up at a lot of bait sites here in, in northern Maine. Um, it's almost every year the bait site that I've, you know, I've used a few different spots. Um, and usually a silent cub show up. And at that point, if they're coming every night, uh, I, I'm just not going to set a snare. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to have to try to re- release a cub with a sow there, right? Yeah, or catch the sow. And <laughs> yeah, right. Not it's not it's not worth it to me um yeah so if there's sound cubs coming 
um, myself personally, I'm just not going to trap those sites unless, you know, I go multiple nights without them being there. And I think maybe they've been run off by another bear or they're, you know, something like that. If a huge, a huge boar comes in, runs her off, then I'll, I'll throw a trap in, but that makes it hard. It's like you, you plan on trapping, you get all the gear ready. You have the license. If you only have one or two bait sites and there's sound cubs every day there, you know, and they're coming in first. That's something I've noticed. They, you know, they show up right in the evening before the other bears do. Um, it really, it really puts a, a damper on things. Now, is it legal to trap a sow that has cubs? Yeah, it is here in Maine. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, we don't have. Uh, yeah, it's but, legal. Um, if if I can recall, like the places where you can't kill sows, like hunting bear, would be. I remember the western states, where the the hunts are in, there's hunts in the spring and and you can't yeah. kill during the spring hunt which makes perfect sense uh for a wildlife management standpoint because the cubs are too young to fend for themselves um but by the time they come into fall you know those cubs are quite a bit bigger and yeah uh, there's a chance they'd make it um on their own come fall yeah some of them are pretty are pretty fat come fall on a good year um and you know they're going to continue to probably find food as long as they find a place to crawl into within a few weeks later, you know, they'd they'd make it, I'm sure. But it's interesting that that's a case like where uh, just because it's the law doesn't mean, you know, what, what governs, what governs your decision is not necessarily, you know, always tied to, well, what can I do legally? Right. You just felt like you want to do it. It's like for, for, I do a (laughs) lot of personal. Yeah, it's a personal ethical uh, thing, and I, I personally w- won't do it. If someone does, I wouldn't bash on them for it here in Maine. Right. So that's because our bear population here is booming, and even if <laughs> you kill three bears by killing that one, I that's see probably that helping nothing, but probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's just how it is here. With the amount of bears we have, I had the second night I had my, I put my bait out um, last year, and I think it was the second night the bait had been out, I had seven or eight different bears hit the bait. Wow, really? Yeah, so, and that, that's counting cubs, you know, there were there yeah. were thousands of cubs there, yearlings, a couple of yearlings, and big boar, stuff like that, so um, when you have a spot like that where you have that many bears in one spot within two nights of putting out a bait, you know, you know that, you know, you're, <laughs> we have, we have a lot of bears in, in some, some areas. So, yeah. and we have a low, our deer populations low and we all want that to come back and bears are, you know, predators. So people don't realize, I, I think bears, eat fawns. <laughs> bears kill as many fawns as coyotes or more. Right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking they, my guess would be that they kill as many, if not more. Yeah. Um, just because of the amount of them that are out there. And I'm sure once they learn areas to find fawns, that's what they do after that. And they live a long life. So they're smart. They remember things. Yeah. So same with moose calves, you know, right when they drop, I'm sure within a couple of days, the right bear might sneak in and grab it. I know a cow moose is a lot more aggressive than a, a doe, but um, yeah, I think 
Alaska has done some studies with their with their brown bear as far as uh, bear predation on um, moose calves, and it's really showed that it's crazy the amount of moose calves that are killed by brown bears up there in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think people taking two bears here in Maine is is good for a lot of things, and you know people get two bears to eat so yeah there's a lot and of them. i will that's another thing i'll say with bear is um me and my wife we both prefer bear over deer really um yeah she she tells me you know i don't care she doesn't care about what it costs for me to bait how much time <laughs> nice, <I'm gone>. nice. <laughs> if, if, if i bring bear if i you know bring a bear home and cut it up out back and put it in the freezer i'm good to go awesome that is good <laughs> yeah and uh you know she eats deer meat with me too you know i get every i've shot deer the last four years and we like that but um it's nice to have the bear meat as well it goes a lot further having both yeah and um if you the trick with a bear is uh clean it out quick get it iced and i cut it the next day I keep it with ice on it overnight, and then the next morning, first thing, I call out of work. I'm not going to be in. <laughs> yeah. I have a bear to take care of. Um, I'm lucky that my boss is really into bear hunting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's he, perfect. <laughs> he, he shot a he shot a really nice uh, bear it was in the 200s um, last year, and then he trapped one that was like 350 or 360. Nice. Um, and I helped him bring that out. Um, so you can call out on those days. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. That's nice because that and I'm able, for my hunting with bear, I'm able to leave work every day early to hunt bear every single day for nice. two, three weeks if I need to. Um, so that's that's good um, because, like I said, bear really needs to be taken care of. A, a bear can't warm up. And it's during a warm time of year when we're hunting them here and trapping them. So you really got to be on top of it for the meat quality. Yeah. Um, keep it cold. I quarter it, put it on ice in a cooler, and then pull out one one piece at a time to finish off. Um, and that, that works really good. Yeah. 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 They taste great. So even, you know, I feel like a lot of people that have had bad bear meat, it's probably a bear that has been, you know, hung up in the heat. Even right. only for a few hours, that's all it takes um, for it to start going the wrong way. So that was the thing we were out west uh, with antelope because antelope were an early season, just like the bear is an early season animal, where you're harvesting them when the weather is quite warm. And uh, a lot of people just absolutely hated antelope meat. Well, if you didn't get it cooled down quick, it was going to be pretty gross because just you know it, it's. 80 degrees out there 70 80 degrees <laughs> yeah it's way too way too warm um for that uh if you don't like yeah you have to get it cooled down quick and the best way to do that's with with ice and ventilation keeping you know the meat have airflow and getting it getting it cooled off so um usually a trapping bear you're gonna probably get the bear first thing in the morning so there needs to be a plan of, are you going to cut that up and put it in a refrigerator that day? 
or are you going to have a walk-in cooler at a butcher shop or a guide service? Yeah, not a lot of like people that. have walk-in coolers outside of the guide service, right? Yeah, and you, even with guide services, if I was to book a hunt here in Maine, that would be a question. Um, how do you plan on getting my meat cooled off for me quick? You know, make sure they have a plan at their guide service to do that for you and make it. I would encourage everyone to take their meat home with them yeah. um, because yeah, it's really good. So, so how do you guys like yeah. to cook it and, or how do you like to cut it up? All different ways. I cut it up very similar to a deer. Um, the first one I did, I had no problem with just from experience, you know, butchering deer. Um, the ribs. I take the ribs off and keep them whole, and I do those in a crock pot and then throw them on the grill afterwards with barbecue sauce, and those are really good. Um, I take, you know, the back straps, inner loins as a steak. Um, most of the major muscle groups in the hind quarters, I do a steak. Um, cut maybe, you know, half inch to an inch thick. Um, so do you notice meat. that steak is, can, can some of that steak be tough at times? No, it's not bad. With a bear, you have to, you know, you have to make sure you cook it plenty because of trichnosis. Um, but, um, bear meat doesn't seem to dry out as quick as like, uh, deer meat does. Um, it definitely seems like it holds moisture a little bit better. You can cook it, you know, to medium or medium well and not have it start to dry out like you would with deer meat. Yeah. Um, so it, we eat his steak a lot. Um, and a couple of roasts here and there. Um, I made some sausage, um, this past fall that was awesome. I made an Italian, Italian sausage. I ground in, um, a bunch of pork with it, um, some bacon, and then just any pork you can find cheap at the store, you know, at the time, and grind it in with it, and, you know, some a good you know good italian sausage recipe or any type of sausage um is really good um my brother made some uh you know big smoked sausage um sticks um out of a bear he shot last year a couple weeks ago and he he said the next one he gets he might do the whole thing like that so <laughs> yeah so it was it was that good you know so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because a lot of people th- don't think meat when they think bear, so it's it's good to know that you know it's you can you can go on a bear hunt or you can go trap a bear, and it's way way more than just the head and the hide. Yeah, yeah, and as long as everything is is thought out as far as the you know the prep work and making sure that meat's handled correctly, um, it, it's just you know it's the time of year if you're hunting where it's really cold and. It's no, you shoot a bear in November, you're not going to have a problem. But we're shooting bears here in Maine last week of August into the first week of September um, when the season opens um, for hunting. And that's uh, it can still be 90 degrees in the day. So, and it might only get down to 60 at night. So I've been lucky. It's been down in the four, you know, 30s and 40s the nights I've shot bears. Um, but it isn't always like that. So it definitely needs to be a plan as far as what's going to happen with that bear once you get it. Do you have to have a plan for the hide? Um, so the hide, <laughs> yeah, you're either going to have to deal with it yourself or get it to a taxidermist. And I will say with a bear, 
Um, just quick, this is pretty important with uh, with bear. I found out this the hard way. Um, a bear, any water or blood that is left on that hide um, really um, can cause slippage fast on a bear, like very quick compared to other animals. Um, I had uh, my first bear that I shot. Um, I had it skinned at a butcher, and... I'm guessing they had hosed off some blood in a couple spots, so there was some water on that hide, and then it went directly to the tax, my taxidermist that day, um, maybe two or three hours later. He took it to his place, threw it in the freezer, um, in the bag immediately, and a month or two later when he pulled it out and thought it, he called me up saying, your hide might be ruined because... You know, the amount of slippage I'm seeing is really bad. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, how is that possible? Like, I had it, you know, you know, scum, and I took it to you, like, right then. Like, why is my bear slipping? And, you know, he explained it to me. He had, you know, where a bullet hole goes through a bear, he sees slippage around that bullet hole entrance and exit because of blood um, all the time. Uh, it's common for him to see. He was able to split, uh, spray it with a, like a stop slip product, and it, it stopped it. I only had a, you know, I just had it tanned. Um, I didn't have it rugged or anything, and I can lay it out on a bed and not see any bald spots. But I know that if he wouldn't have sprayed it, it would have been a, a complete loss. Um, it was very close to losing it. So that's important for anyone with a bear hide. Um, keep that that hide and around the hair dry uh, get any blood washed off but then make sure you drip dry it and you know dry it with whatever it takes um to get that dry um because if it sits it goes into a freezer it's going to take a couple days to thaw that hide out because of the fat that's left on the hide and in that couple days that it takes to thaw um that's when that's probably going to happen that you know that slipping so that's a good point yeah yeah i didn't know anything about that until you know after that that experience of that so and we're talking a little higher cost to to tan this thing uh than than we would say for a beaver or fisher pelt yeah i was i had my taxidermist on that one um he you know removed the skull scum the head out scum the paws out did all the flushing and the prep work, you know, on the ears, nose, everything, on the bear hide, um, splitting the lips, things like that. And I paid 400 bucks to have that done um, with tanning. Um, and I know his cost to have it tanned is quite high. It was a taxidermy-type tan. It wasn't cheap. Um, so, you know, if you can do the prep work yourself, you're still probably going to be in it. I'm going to guess 200 plus dollars of shipping to send it somewhere like Moyle. Um, yeah. So you don't want to have it come back ruined when you have <laughs> yeah. that much money and time and the money into your hunt or whether you do it yourself or, or not, there's going to be a lot of money invested into getting a bear because, you know, here in Maine, here in Maine, we can't, it, it'd be very difficult to spot and stock bear at thick woods. So, yeah. You're going to have to use probably bait. So, it, and it's, and it's people may not realize that you kind of have to have a site. I mean, you can't 
Well, you don't kind of, you do have to have a site. You can't just go and say, well, I'm going to beta bear and decide at the last minute. You got to have this taken care of ahead of time. Yeah. You, you, you got to have, yeah, you got to have a, a bear site. Um, you need permission to have a bear site from the landowner. A lot of places, um, a lot of the time, unless you know someone personally, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, so you're going to have to pay to have that bait site. And a lot of landowners, there's a wait list for that type of thing because there's a lot of outfitters in Maine and a lot of private baiters that are competing for these sites. Um, so that's why I would say if you are coming to Maine to trap bear and you don't have a friend here in Maine that can help you out with that, hiring a guide would be the best thing. And these guides you hire the right one. Um, there's, there's guides in Maine that have um, been involved in trapping hundreds of bears themselves, and they really know what they're doing. So, yeah. Where'd you learn about trapping bears? Man, I, I don't even remember. It must have been something to do with, um, geez. I don't know. I was using your thrower. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been Randy Cross probably. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. I mean, that would have been the first time I ever heard about people trapping bears because of his research. Um, I, I had known about that since I was, you know, a little kid probably um, here in Maine. And that's something everyone, you know, sees in the, in the newspaper and stuff for years, you know, different things about his study with the bears. Um and using, you know, an Aldrich-style snare thrower um, on a trail leading into a bait site uh, to catch bears. So uh, that's what I tried. Um, I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like my setup was pretty good in that, that year I was trying it, um, but it just didn't work out. And I didn't have that many, I didn't have a lot of nights to leave the snare out. Um, but I think now I'm going to use a different type of setup. I'm going to use a a buried tube oh, um, like with the, bait the, in the bottom. The critter down yeah. style. Yep. And I made my own. I have it um, all ready to go. So if I choose to, to try to trap one, I have that set up. Yeah. Um, I know a couple people that have, you know, bought those, the, the ones that are being sold and they've had pretty good luck with them. So do you think any, do you think the, the Aldrich style trail snare, versus the baited tube is one better than the other you think i think there's a lot of people that would say the aldrich is better um that know how to use it really well <laughs> i think those people that are experienced or that set are going to stick with it yeah um so it may depend on your skill level i i definitely think that's the case i think people that are experienced with the aldrich style with a snare thrower are going to stick with it because it works. Um, it works <laughs> works very effectively for people that are, they know all the tricks and they've, you know, a lot of those people have been doing it for a while. They, they really know what they're doing. Um, and those people are probably setting those on trails a ways away from the bait. They're not right on top of the bait barrel. Um, they're catching that bear when that bear is not as on a bear's pretty alert you know they're looking for anything out of place once they're getting closer and closer to the bait uh, they know that humans put that there um so i think they're setting those you know a little bit further away from the barrel the bear isn't quite on edge yet and they're basically looking 
for the exact spot that bear steps every time it comes into the site and you can see that um if the ground's right you can see where a bear's been stepping and they're pretty much stepping in the same spot every time and then they're digging that out and putting their their snare there and making it look just like it did before um yeah there's some skill involved in that well you and i have watched multiple demos at at neil olson's that randy cross has done and there are probably a thousand ways that you can mess up <laughs> doing that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and a lot of tra- trappers have done all that. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, j- even and, just and, the way yeah. the thrower is in position to which, which leg are you going to catch? Which foot are you going to catch yep. the left foot or the right foot? Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. going to determine what side your thrower should be on and the angle that your snare is going to be thrown. And I mean, there's just a, a there's yeah, so many it's, different it's a blind set. It's a blind set where you are basically saying, I'm going to catch this with trail cameras. You're going to say, I'm going to catch this specific bear on this specific leg. You know, that's, that's, that's how, how it is. Um, and the people that are good at setting them, you know, they, they can do that. Um, but I think, that, I just think it's complicated. You have, you have a trigger that you're making the pan, the, basically the pan tension you're making with little, little um, green sapling yeah. <laughs> twig yeah so um you dig a hole and then your trigger goes over that hole and there's a layer of you know sticks that you're pushing into the side of the hole that go under the trigger to build tension um and then laying your snare on the ground above that you know the thrower is going to throw that pull that snare under the bear's leg when it steps on the trigger um and it, yeah i think it's there's a lot of uh, learning how much pan tension to have and exactly how to place that so it works. Yeah, the baited tube, you just, you know, it's kind of ready to go, right? You just stick yeah. it in the hole. <laughs> yep, dig a hole pre-season, make sure it fits near the barrel. Um, you can put your tube in there ahead of time if you want. You basically have a tube. It has to be um, no more than six inches inside diameter. Um and then there's a there's a depth that the trigger has to be so far down, and then you you're allowed to put bait below that trigger, and basically it just pulls a snare with a spring on it up off the top of the tube onto the bear's arm. And once that bear reaches in for the food you have them, there's there's really very few ways that can mess up. Has it? Can it mess up? Do do you know cases where it has? Um, your your snare lock could obviously bind up on um, a twig or pine needles. There's ways that lock could get bound up on the snare and not completely closed. The bear might shake it. Um, the bear might pull the snare off the tube before reaching in. Uh, there's definitely things like that. Or you might just have a bear that he doesn't, he puts his nose in and sniffs, but he doesn't reach in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm sure there's there's some bears that you wouldn't catch to that set. They're just gonna they're not gonna reach in, um, or they'll mess it up beforehand. Um, so it isn't it isn't foolproof. It's not gonna work every every time. But I think as far as for someone that wants to go trap bear on their own, um, it's the best option as far as getting a bear if you don't know a lot about the other methods. Yeah, I would say. Um, I think if I was to trap bear with a guide, I'd want to use an alder stealth set um, with someone that really could help me out with advice on 
where to place it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they, yeah, I just think it's more, I, I like the idea of that blind set is more intriguing to me by far than the baited. Um, but for me, if I trap a bear, it's, it's really, it's for the, it's for the meat. That's why I'm doing it. So, um, I don't care. Whatever works easier for me is what I'm going to go with. So, so is the, is the Aldrich snare like the fly fishing equivalent to the, the worm dunking of the, the tube? <laughs> well, it's a new thing. The, the tube's only been in use for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would say, I think a lot of people that want to get into bear trapping are going to buy the tube. Yeah. And that's like what I said before. I think people that have done it for years that have had good success with the Aldrich are going to just turn their nose up at the tube probably and just continue to do what they've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would think. I mean, the tube works, though. The tube works on big bears. Um, like I said, I've been there and helped drag a bear out that was, you know. 300 something. Three, three, mid, three, you know, way over 300 pounds. And that bear, you know, that was his first time reaching into that tube. <laughs> so he he came by and uh, no problem had him. So um, it works on small bears, works on yearling bears, and also works on bears, you know, definitely up to the 400 pound range. So which that covers the majority of bears we have in, here in Maine that people are after. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it. I'm hoping to catch one. I, I really want to trap one while, you know, while we still can. I hate to even say that, but I feel like every year I don't do it is a year that I might not get to. So that's, that's the thing. Um, it's, it's always under attack. It, it's, it's yeah. one of those things. It's just vulnerable because it's different. And because there's so few people doing it that when the animal rights people come in and want to make something illegal, the bears are the, the first, uh, you know, it's bear trapping, then it's bear hunting with hounds, and then it's bear baiting, and uh, yeah. And guess what's right behind that? Trapping. Yeah, yeah. And then everything else. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, it, uh yeah, everyone needs to stick together. I mean, some people like I, I know people that um are bear baiters that are not you know they don't like houndsmen, they don't like people running hounds. They feel like it might mess their bait site up. And I'm always saying, you know, <laughs> everyone needs to stick together. The, you know, the the regular, the hunters, the trappers, the houndsmen, everyone needs to try to uh, work together because it's just one big long line of one thing after another. So, um, as far as what people want to take away, yeah, yeah. But it is a special yeah. thing. It, it's something I. I still have I I did it once when I was in high school and I I I didn't catch one obviously but I yeah. I should really do it and I just can never find time that time of year is the busiest time of year for me but uh, <laughs> I, every year I think well maybe next year maybe maybe next year we'll see but yeah you want to do it right there on the farm I can uh, yep I could do it on the farm. you know with a bear if the bear that's what's great about the trapping is that um you can put bait sites in places where um, a bear might not come in the daylight, but they'll definitely come at night. Um, True. Yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of bait, bear hunters yeah. don't like that. Cause they, you know, they'll set baits and they get bears coming in at night and then, yeah. you know, they, they really don't have anything to hunt for. Yeah. There's a lot to bait site selection. If you have, 
you know, a lot of people, you know, you don't have the ability. A lot of people don't have the ability to um, have a lot of choice on where their site's going to be. Um, but if you talk to people that do, uh, bait site selection for hunting is very important. It's important too for trapping because of wind currents and things like that to get the bear to smell the bait and start using it. Um, but it's a lot easier to get bear to come at night than it is during the day. Um, a lot of the time that's common to have, you know, that's why I, you know, if I see a small bear on opening day on the bait, I have so much invested into it and I want the meat, I'll shoot it because I know how it works. And a lot of bears are, you know, they're nighttime bears. <laughs> they, they, they come after eight or nine o'clock at night. Pretty smart. Uh. Yeah, they're, they're smart and you they're going to keep coming at night. So it's like if you get, you know, sure, if you get a few nights um, during a week that's going to be really cold in the afternoon and in the evening, it's, you definitely want to sit those nights because there's a good chance that will be the night they'll come during the day, daylight. But most bears prefer to be out going to bait sites at night. So can, with the trapping, you adjust your baiting, that. Can you adjust your bait uh, timing to to help with that? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different theories on that. I think a lot of people have opinions on it as far as, well, if I bait every day um, with a small amount of bait at this time, then bears are going to compete for that small amount of bait, and someone's going to have, you know, the more aggressive bear that wants the bait is going to have to come in the daylight. Um, that's a, a thought. Um, but I'm starting myself. I'm kind of to the point where I want to just give them lots of food all the time, make sure they always have food there. Um yeah, so they're not going and to someone else's it, bait instead of yours. Exactly, exactly. And bears, you know, they, they eat a lot of bait. I mean, I, I've had it be, you know, you put in 10 gallons of bait, and you show up the next day, it's gone. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. You know, at $100 a barrel for bait now, you know, for good bait, it's, you can burn through some bait fast at that rate. Um, Isn't that you have seven or eight bears coming, you, you, they eat a lot. (laughs) These guys are taking like expired food stuff that is like, would go in a landfill and creating value by selling it for bear bait at a hundred dollars a barrel. It amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I know myself, I'm pretty picky. The bait I've been getting is I've been getting it up your way, actually buying it in the Sardis, but, uh, yeah, it's, I see those guys going there down the road for me. They, they, yeah, they, boy, they they got quite an operation right now. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you, his bait is is really good. Um, he makes a mixed bait, he mixes up with a bunch of different things. They're all high quality. Um, <laughs> everything's good, and uh, sometimes if you can buy, it sounds like a lot of money, a hundred dollars, ninety, a hundred dollars for a fifty-five gallon drum of bait. But if you think of it like, if I buy three hundred and fifty to four hundred pounds of trail mix or straight cashews, <laughs> just think about what that would cost you at the store—thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, and they're high quality. They're, they've were turned away for human consumption for some reason, but they still appear to be, you know, very good. So, yeah, um, and fresh. So, it's it's a lot of money. At the same time, if you shop around, you can find better bait and high quality bait. And I've I've learned with bear baiting, high quality bait um, is 
very important. Here in Maine, it is. That's uh, interesting because you're, you're, you're the kind of guy that always wants to save money on things, but you know where it pays it, to yeah. spend a little more. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no good reason to try to skimp with bear baiting the fall hunt here in Maine. If we had a spring hunt, I would be all about trying to save money on my bait because they're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a lot of natural food here in Maine for bears. Bears would do, you know, do very well here um, with or without baits. So yeah, you really need to compete with that. I like to give them, you know, I give them a lot of protein yeah. um, and a lot of, um, you know, give them a good mix. Give them something sweet. Give them protein in case they want it. So a lot of nuts. Um yeah, there's, and there's other tricks. You know, as you do it, you 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 find out different baits that work better than others, and uh, maybe sometimes someone that baits a lot of sites will tell you something, and they've you know they figured something out. And once once you have uh, the good bait and a good bait combo, um, mixing the right baits together, it, it does increase um, activity at a bait site. It definitely does. It keeps bears around. Uh, longer and keeps them from going to other baits and when you're com as a private baiter um here in maine you're competing against the best outfitters of the best. guides yeah and uh, those guys you know they're putting it all out there for their client they're they're using high quality bait and a lot of it um they have a lot of bait sites and they they have the time to put into making sure those bait sites have bait in them <laughs> so uh you you can't skimp no, they're they're they're, they're making yeah, I mean, good money for every every hunt, and so they, they, they can spend um, and, on the bait. Yeah, and I will say a, a Maine bear hunt or a trapping trip here in Maine for a bear, as far as um, guiding prices, you know, guided hunt prices go, they're still they're really competitive. Oh, they must be the cheapest. Come the, here. Yeah, yeah, I, they're pretty close. I mean, you might be able to get some similar price hunts in places like Idaho. Um, some bait hunts out there, but I think uh, in New Brunswick would be similar. But to stay in the United States and hunt a black bear, where there's a lot of bears, um, there's so many guides uh, doing bear hunts here in Maine, and uh, the cost of living of is real low up here too. And so <laughs> it they, is they it can is. get by with you know the they they can they, their expenses aren't aren't too terrible. But the, you yeah. know when you're you're looking at you know what you or I might, you know, maybe want to only spend a couple a hundred, couple hundred bucks on bait. Well, if they're making say two grand on a, a one week trip, I don't know if that's, yep. that's uh, very, that's very common. I think the middle of the road probably right you know, now is probably around that a hundred bucks on bait or a hundred bucks extra on bait, which might get them a three, $400 tip is not a big deal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for someone to think, well, I'm going to go up to Maine and bait, or even people that live here um, and do bear hunting on their own. For some people, hiring a guide, even as a Maine resident, hiring a guide here in Maine for a week might be a good idea because they know what they're doing. They have high-quality bait. Um, you're going to get to go stay at camp with a bunch of people and hang out. You're going to get good meals, um, some you know trophy care, like skimming, things like that taken care of, and they'll probably do it right. Um yeah, and if you do it yourself, it's it's going to be costly and a lot of time. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm. I want to have at least. Right now, I have 
I mean, I only plan on doing one bait. I might do two this year. I got 1,700 pounds of bait sitting in my garage. <laughs> so I do, you know, that's about what I have, I figure, right now. Wow. So, uh, I mean, if I run one bait, it'll be enough for two years. But if I run two, and it was a good year where bears were hitting baits hard, and, you know, you've baited for a long time, so you're trapping too, you burn through that bait, and you burn through it quick sometimes. And at that price... And you want to, you have to have that bait ahead of time because bait starts become, to become harder to get once the season comes. Yeah. Like I've already went and did my bait run, uh, me and a buddy, he wanted some bait too this year. And, you know, we already went and bought, you know, bait. So something you start have to plan, you gotta have that bait site, you know, permission for a bait site all the time into prepping a yeah, bait. You're, it takes you're like, years. If you're not, if you don't have a friend or know somebody, you're talking yeah. what hundred bucks a bait site, something like that. Uh, it, it varies. Um, Maine Public Reserve land has baits that come up every three years. They're on a three-year cycle. Um, you can apply to get those baits, and if you get one of those or a couple of those, those are like thirty-five, forty bucks a year for a private baiter. So they're an awesome deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and those are in different spots all around the state. Um. Uh, if you just come to Maine and start asking landowners, you might find a farmer or something that says, go ahead and do it. You might not have to pay, but yeah, I think a hundred to a hundred plus hundred or more dollars for a bait site is pretty average as far as what people are paying to have a bait site. Now, is there like a hybrid system with some outfitters that they might just get you a site and bait that site for you for a fee and then you can come on your own and kind of do a do-it-yourself trapping trip yeah a lot of outfitters yeah you are talking about um outfitters maybe just doing a bait setup for someone and that's all they you know you pay a fee for having a bait site or two um and you do everything on your own um that's definitely a lot of guides i think will do that if someone asks um they'll do that sort of thing if you want to pay to have them have a bait site pre-baited and then give you bait for the week to bait yourself and hunt it find your own lodging things like that or camping out that's an option yeah because if you're if you're like five six hours away and you know just to go up and bait a site regularly there's no way you're going to do it and what you're going to spend in gas money and time to do that is is kind of just makes it not not feasible yeah, yeah, I'm I'm over a half hour to my bait site that I've been using, probably around a half hour from the house. I'm baiting it every two to three days, and I, I start baiting two weeks before the season starts. A lot of people are going to start a whole month before. Um, if you're running a truck and you're doing that and maybe traveling, you said, hours away, you're burning through, you know, you're, you're going to get to $1,000 quick as far as yeah, and if what you, your time and gas if is If you worth. say, well, you know, I'm only going to go once a week, you know, from Southern Maine because I can't afford to go, you know, I can I can go on the weekend and I'll bait every weekend. Well, you're going a whole week with no bait at your site, right? If you get a bear clean yeah. you out the first well, night. You, in that point, and in that case, you have no option but to load it up. So you're going to be putting, like, a whole drum of bait out basically or a lot a lot of bait just in case because you don't want your bait slate to go empty um and have bears just be like well, there's no food here anymore i'm gonna move on um and if you do that you're gonna go through more bait 
and it's going to cost you more than if you were attending it every two or three days and keeping a good eye on the amount of bait you have in there. Because there's things like uh, raccoons really do a oh, number on yeah, bait. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've gotten around that by having a hole. Uh, my barrels have a hole small enough that, you know, your average raccoon can't fit inside the barrel. Um, and that works. The bears will get the food out. They, so they, have, able to get they just have out. to use their hands to get it out? Is that... Yep, and they will shake the drum. The drum is oh, okay. Yep. my drum yep. hooked to a, to a cable, hooked to a tree, and that bear is able to move that barrel around. And they'll shake it, and they'll reach in, um, and they'll they'll get everything out of it. It's amazing. They'll, they'll make it so there's not even one nut left in that barrel, and you wouldn't think they'd be able to get it out. <laughs> they yeah. do. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to it. Um, bait sites that have been established for years that guides have, have way more bears coming to them than new bait sites. Um, bears learn where bait sites are over the years, and the same bears return. Yeah, uh, their so. cub. They might go to it as cubs, and then remember that. Yep. Hey, that's that's a food spot right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of effort. I think that's it's hard. It's it's a lot of effort and a fair bit of money into the bear hunting and the bear trapping, but yeah. I know I enjoy it so much. I'll probably always do it. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time and I work with people, you know, everyone. You guys are talking, yeah, you're talking about it at work. So we're it's... sitting there all day. I walk into work in the morning. I got, I got cellular camera on my bait. I got every morning <laughs> I wake up, I have it set up. So my, my camera sends me the pictures off the bait from that night. Like, yeah. 10 minutes before my alarm clock goes off. So the first thing I get to see when I wake up in bed is my camera. <laughs> You're like, Oh, that bear was there. You know, these bears are showing up. So it's like, that's what we're talking about at work. Everyone's into it. And everyone, you know, shooting bears and a couple of guys have trapped them and stuff. So that it's just like with trapping, you know, trapping in general, if, once you start talking about it, that's what you're thinking about. That's exactly. What you, want to do. you get so, excited about it, and then you're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I can, you know, when you when you work with a bunch of guys that are into it, and once it starts happening, if I wasn't baiting, I'd be it'd be killing me all, you know, for <laughs> two months. These guys are, you know, being like, oh, I'm leaving early from work to go, you know, sit or whatever. That would be hard. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's like when I'm into it. So yeah, like like when these guys come up and and trap beavers here in the spring, it's like yeah. you know beforehand I I may or may not have set some beaver traps in the spring, but now I've got to because they're talking yeah. about yeah. it. And I'm getting all excited about it. <laughs> so yeah, yep, yeah. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun sitting on sites. I mean, it's a whole other thing what you see sitting on a bear site. I've you know I've videoed mink um pine martin i've seen fisher uh all from the bear uh, the bear stand you know sitting there i videoed you know mink going down the brook and you know hugging the you know the edges of the brook all the spots you'd set traps and you know stuff like that that's really neat to see yeah um i'm lucky my bait i've been using it has a brook that goes between me where i sit and the barrel so it really increases the amount of it increases the game activity in that spot being on water like that a ton. Does that so help you with the noise it, too? It does. 
Uh, yeah, I am set back a little ways. I'm like 35, 40 yards from the bait, and it's not, you know, it's not bad. Um, but yeah, the it's neat. I, I've been sitting there, and you know, all of a sudden you see a mink come down the brook, and he's hunt, hunting, you know, down the brook and poking in other holes and stuff like that. No idea you're there. Um, I videoed a pine martin come right into within 10 feet of me, um, and then chase a squirrel, um, right there. So, um, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. And those, you know, bait site, bear sites, you know, they attract all those other fur bears, <laughs> pretty much all of them. You know, I've walked into the site to bait and had a coyote, you know, standing right there looking at me. You know, like I should really shoot it, but I'm here for a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we a lot of guys will go and trap for Martin and Fisher at bait sites just because they are yeah, attraction definitely. areas. So. Yeah, anywhere where there's a bait site, you definitely you know want to be close to that with a with a set for Fisher um, or Martin too. Um, they definitely that was a food source for them not not long before the uh, trapping season opened. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots to it, and uh, I mean, I I built my own trap this year, pretty simple. Um, I think uh, anyone should be able to do that. All it does is to take some, take a look at you know the commercial ones. If you don't want to spend the money to buy one, you can make one. Yeah, so. I mean, the the guy spent a lot of money to develop that. So I mean, yeah. if you can afford it, then support support that. And obviously, I will say it's it's a rugged trap long as it's legal to use it you're going to be using it and you're not going to lose it you know anywhere because it's heavy um like i said you know i have i know people that have them and uh they work <laughs> they work good and they're built like to last a lifetime if not three or four <laughs> or more yeah so but if you're a guy yeah. like cole and you're not going to spend the three or four hundred bucks how much is it yeah you know, like 300 or something i think so it yeah. sounds like you can you can make them. It's I mean, I I made my own for like you know I already had the the snare um, that would work on it. I already had that, so if you had to buy that, it'd be a little more. But I mean, for, if you can scavenge up some stuff, uh, ten to thirty dollars, you can make one that work should work fine. So yeah, it's not bad. I just used. Uh, I use heavy pipe. I use Schedule 80. I remember right, yeah, six inch diameter. Not quite six inch inside diameter, but it should work fine. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it it can be done cheap if if that's something you have to do. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna be trapping, hunting, and trapping this fall for bear. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to do both. I'm definitely going to be hunting. Um, trapping is hit or miss. If I can get another bait site, I'll probably be trapping. If I don't, then I might not be. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm using someone else's bait site. Um, they trap, so if they, you know, feel like <laughs> trapping it, yeah. you know, after I kill a bear off it, that's cool with me. I'll be done in that case. I mean, I'm I have an, it's an awesome bait site and I'm, you know, I'm using it for nothing. So, uh, if I get one bear off of it, I'm quite happy and I'm fine with being done if they want to do some trapping off of it. Yeah. Um, 
so I was like, I, I'd like to have one on my way to work. Um, I can check in the morning. Uh, this one's out of the way. It's the opposite way. I mean, I'm driving 50 minutes each way to work, and this one is, you know, half hour from my house in the opposite direction. Yeah. So you you got to you got to knock on some doors and find a find a piece there between you and work where you can. Uh, I got a couple. I got a couple options. I think that might work out. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm lucky that you know my dad works for a big landowner, so I think I'm gonna be able to. They own land in a lot of places in between where I live and work. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to get a couple, one or two sites right on my way and not more than 10 minutes out of the way um, that I can hopefully have for a few years. So yeah. be nice. I don't, I'm not really too worried about where they are um, because, like I said, a bear will come to most places at night. So Traffic, yeah, for traffic. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I might not even – I might not do much other than, you know uh, – a barrel or a five-gallon bucket and a cleared-out spot for the trap, and that's it. No, no stand or anything. It'd be pretty yeah. easy. So, well, that'll be exciting yeah. to, to. We'll have to follow up with you just before the season. Maybe, maybe yeah. when, when the baiting has started and before the season starts, yeah. and, and catch up. Yeah, with that. Hope, hopefully it works out, and then we can talk more about it and hopefully get some bear. And then at that point, it will be pretty near trapping season for everything. So, yeah. Before yeah. you know it, geez. <laughs> It'll come quick, that's for sure. Yeah, there's a lot to do between now and then. It's kind of overwhelming just thinking about it. But Yeah, I'm busy like you are all the time. I have stuff planned to the point where I'm like, I think of something I need to do, and I'm like, uh-oh, I have too many weekends planned out and just stuff around the house and um, the gardens and all that stuff and just stuff to get done. So, yeah, it's always busy. Better to be busy than be bored. Yep, for sure. <laughs> All right, on well, hey. hey, thank you for for uh, coming on. It's yeah, great to talk with you and catch up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll catch you next time. All right, sounds good. Take care. Yeah, yeah. Bye. See ya. And now it's time for the Cots Brothers message of the week. Sign up for the Cots Bros newsletter. Uh, thanks again to Kyle and Kellen for supporting this podcast. It's great to have them, and uh, they, they've got lots of stuff going on there. And if you're signed up to the newsletter and uh, they have any updates on new products or uh, just uh, general market conditions, uh, sometimes you know changes that they're making there at the shop, uh, that they will send an email. So so keep an eye out for that. It, sometimes it's not like you know it's not on a consistent basis, but if you're on the email list, you're not going to miss out any special deals or anything. And I think, uh, hopefully we'll be able to have some, some more special deals coming up. I know Kyle has said that, that prices are going up for everything in the trapping industry, it seems. And so it, it's, uh, it, 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 I think it's probably kind of tough for a lot of these suppliers to provide a bunch of discounts because, um, all their, all their stuff is getting more expensive. So, but anyway, it, I guess it's uh, it's a good thing for the industry right now. Surprisingly, they're moving a lot of stuff, and and people are buying it. So uh, hopefully, you know that's uh, helps helps strengthen the the small industry that is trapping, and and uh, helps to uh, provide more support for for the things that we do. 
And thanks again, guys. Uh, We will catch you on the next episode. Keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. And take care. Hang in there. Trapping season's it's not really around the corner, but it's coming eventually. Um, I know I got so many things going on that I I can wait a few months. I'm, I'm okay, but all right, guys, catch you next time.